Alleluia! Christ is risen. A very happy Easter to you all. My name is Justin Welby. I'm the Archbishop of Canterbury and together we are going to celebrate this extraordinary feast and festival of Easter here in the Jesus Chapel at Canterbury Cathedral. Easter is the most important festival of the Christian year. It breaks through all that we undergo in our lives and tells us of the good news that Jesus is alive, that we can know him, and that in him we have purpose and calling and a future and new life. We'll be looking at that as we go through this service on the Church of England's YouTube channel. In our celebration of Easter, we give thanks to God for all he has done for us, more than we can think or imagine, more than we can ever find out. For many of us, this last year has been extremely difficult. This is in fact the second Easter under lockdown. The first one was at the very peak of the first wave of the virus. And here we are again, still in a sort of lockdown, but in a very different moment. 
We have much to give thanks for, the coming of the vaccine. The nearly 30 million or so people who've been vaccinated, we have much to mourn, much to lament. There will be many for whom there's an empty place at home. Someone they've lost who's died during the last 12 months. There will be many who feel desperately isolated. Many who've gone through terrible economic struggles. Many who worry about their jobs, their friends, their families. It has been the hardest of years. And so for many of you, the question will be, is this all true? Because if it's true, it's the best thing ever. And if it's false, it's the worst lie ever. And we'll look at that during this service. I hope and pray that you will find this service a blessing, a bringing of light and life and hope. Let's begin our service with a prayer that draws our thoughts together. God of glory, by the raising of your Son, you have broken the chains of death and hell. Fill your church with faith and hope, for a new day has dawned and the way to life stands open in our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. A triumphant holy day. Hallelujah. Who did once upon the Where? 
I'm Catherine Gangira, and I'm a curate here in the Diocese of Canterbury. I'm so pleased to be joining you on this special celebration of Easter. And I'll be reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, reading from verse 1 to verse 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man, dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they led him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now the green mage rises from the buried grave, wheat that in the dark earth many days has lain. Love lives again that with the dead has been. Touch and call us. 
Come, Holy Spirit, and fill our hearts with the fire of your love. Amen. Of all the liars in creation, death is the greatest liar, the worst liar, the most persuasive and pervasive liar. Death tells us the lie that our final breath is the end, that there's nothing more. Death tells us the lie that we will always be separated from those we've loved and lost, that ultimately, when we lose, we lose forever. We all know the finality of the death of a friend or a family member. Many of us have gone through that over the last 12 months. It is something that seems to leave an unrepairable gap in our lives. After their death, when something special happens, we think, oh, I'll call so-and-so and tell them, and then, oh no, I can't. And the pain is there. Of course, I'm not telling that old lie that so many say that death is nothing at all. It is. It's brutal, it's terrible, and it's cruel. But when it claims to be the final word, it lies. And Easter calls time on the lie. The women had believed the lie. They'd gone to the tomb to anoint a dead body. Yet all their fears were based on a false assumption about the power of death and an inadequate understanding of the power of God. Instead, when they got there, right there in the grave were the signs of resurrection. The action of God was revealed through angels who greeted them, who reassured them, who told them that Jesus of Nazareth had been raised. They didn't simply proclaim a historic fact, though they did. They proclaimed a new creation. But note that they said about Jesus, he has been raised. Jesus had not done it to himself. As in everything that happened over those days, it was done to him. His death was the choice of humans. His resurrection was the choice of God. This news changes everything, overwhelming every assumption overwhelming every way in which we look at how the world works. And for the women, Mark tells us the honest truth, that they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them. Is that surprising? As Jesus says elsewhere, the truth sets us free. Lies do the opposite. They bind us, they enslave us, and no lie binds us more tightly than the lie of death. 
If death is telling the truth, we may as well live for ourselves. And the last year is just another cruel period of history, taking from us those we loved, ending lives far too soon, far too cruelly, far too tragically. But if Jesus, who was dead, is alive, then death is a liar. Then the truth of Christ is the reality. And we have a certain hope and a changed future. The other Gospels tell the story as well, and they tell of other witnesses who were themselves confused and baffled. They all reacted differently. And that poses the question to you and me, how do we respond to this news? Because we must respond. We must, first of all, receive this new reality into our own lives. Jesus, crucified and risen, is alive today and brings life and hope. The joy and purpose he gave to his disciples is exactly the same as is offered to us by him today. We are each and all invited to accept this new reality, this transformed creation, to welcome the living, dynamic presence of God into our lives, to allow the one who conquers the greatest lie to give us the greatest life. The way Jesus Christ has won, this offer of life is ours for the asking. By opening our lives to God's life, perhaps in doubt and hesitancy and not sureness, but to say to God, Fill my life with your life. Take that offer today. But secondly, as well as receiving the reality, we are able to live with the risen Christ. The disciples not only have private hope, they have a public hope for the whole world they have seen Jesus of Nazareth arrested, tortured, questioned, crucified, stabbed with a spear, put in a tomb, guarded, and in a fact that changes the whole of history because it is a historic fact, risen from the dead. And they realize as time goes by, and the church has realized, that this life doesn't mean just that history turned on its head, that creation was new. It means that the whole way we should live with Jesus today is different. It's why the church must be outward looking overflowing with life, involved with resisting injustice, treasuring our world and its creation, tending the needy. It's why Christians through the century have lived compassion and love for the excluded and the marginalized. And they lived compassion and love 
because they breathe the oxygen of hope. As the resurrection burst out of the tomb and flooded the world with hope, so the church must allow itself to be swept along with that torrent of good news and love, celebrating and declaring the truth that death is a liar and that life is offered to everyone, to all, regardless of who they are, regardless of background, race, gender, anything. Life is offered to all. And our third response is by resilience in the face of the lies of death. Of course, not resilient in the sense of uncaring, uncompassionate, unfeeling, but resilient in the sense of turning to the God who walks with us, weeping with those who weep, rejoicing with those who rejoice, unmasking the cruel life that death has the last word with the truth that it is God who had the first word and has the last word. Death deceives. Christ is the truth, for he is risen indeed. Let the alleluias ring. At Easter each year, many Christians decide that they're going to renew the promises that they or their parents or godparents made when they were baptised. Some of these promises are about who we understand God is and that God saved us through the death and resurrection of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the heart of the Christian faith and we signal what we believe by the promises we're going to renew now. We're going to pray now, it's a responsive prayer, so please join in with the responses, which are going to be read by Holly Adams. So please join with me now. Do you believe and trust in God the Father? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe and trust in his Son, Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe and trust in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. If those words have spoken to you today, if they remind you of something special and important in your own journey with God, or if you'd like to explore what it means to share the risen life of Jesus, why not get in touch with your local vicar who will be able to walk that journey of exploration and adventure with you? The heavens and the earth rejoice, Lord Jesus, raised from the dead you Let's pray together, giving thanks for all God has done for us in Jesus and looking forward to all that is to come. Risen, living Lord, we pray and praise you on this Easter morning. Your radical, victorious love cannot be contained even by death. You overcame the old order and make all things new. Help us to roll back the stone of fear pride or anger that traps us in darkness and step out boldly into the light of new life in Jesus Christ. Risen, loving Lord, we pray for those who, because of the pandemic, are grieving the loss of loved ones, are weighed down by debt or unemployment, are missing family and friends, are struggling with their physical or mental health, are exhausted or alone. Thank you that as you did with the women at the tomb, you join us in the garden of our grief and stay with us. Be with all those who weep on this Easter morning. Risen Lord of all, we pray for people we fail to see. Sometimes we don't recognise Christ in front of us, in the faces of people who are homeless are migrants or refugees, or who are overlooked because of their race, sexuality, gender or disability. Help us put aside our apathy and our prejudice and open our eyes to recognise you in stranger and friend. Risen eternal Lord, we pray for the future of our world. On that first Easter morning, you saw that the women were confused and you helped them to understand your ways. We too need you to guide us. May our leaders be directed by your wisdom, justice and love so that your planet and people might flourish. Risen, awesome Lord, we pray for the church around the world Set our hearts on fire too, that we might go out as Easter people in faith and love, 
telling others of our encounters with you, the risen Lord, that one day they too might join with us in our alleluias. The heavens and the earth rejoice, Lord Jesus, raised from the dead you We bring our prayers together with the words that our risen Saviour taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning for this very special Easter service. I hope that our time together has helped you to experience something of the joy and hope of the risen Jesus. I want to encourage you to join with me now in celebrating that hope. And since you can't be embarrassed because you're at home, please join in the actions. This is a prayer that comes from uh, East Africa and a great period of spiritual awakening in the middle of the 20th century called the East African Revival. At the end of our prayer, you join in. And when I say all our hopes, you reply, we set on the risen Christ. But before that, there are some actions by what we do with the dark things in life. All our problems we send to the cross of Christ. All our difficulties we send to the cross of Christ. All the devil's works we send to the cross of Christ. All our hopes we set on the risen Christ. And now, let me pray for God's blessing to be with you all. May Christ, who out of defeat brings new hope and a new future, fill you with his new life. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you now and always. Amen. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering Son. Endless is thy victory, thou death hast won. Angels in bright raiment rode the stone away.
Oh! 